We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. The Chicago Bears have now lost six of seven, and their latest loss came on Sunday at the hands of the Arizona Cardinals at Soldier Field. I'm your host, Zach Pearson. I'm going to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Aaron Lemming. And on this show, we are going to break down everything with the Bears that's going on from the Cardinals game and then looking ahead to the Packers game here on Sunday. Before we get into all that, though, let me bring in Aaron. And um, Aaron, I mean, I don't know about you, but that game was pretty much went how I expected it to go. Sloppy conditions. The Bears did not look good. And Arizona pretty much got up 14-0 and, you know, just ran the ball on the Bears and pretty much put their foot on their throat. <laughs> I think one of my my favorite tweets of the weekend, or maybe it was Monday, was somebody said, well, Andy Dalton actually didn't play that bad if you take out his four interceptions. It's like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> that's, that's one way of looking at it. Yeah, that was – I mean, it, it's just – it's a sign of the times, right? I mean, you know, Arizona's a really good team. Don't get me wrong. But anytime you turn the ball over four times, I mean, the, the Cardinals had 24 of their, their 34 points were off of those turnovers. And, you know, I again, and we talked about it a lot. It, 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 until, well, I'm sure, we'll, you know, we'll get to that as well. Until Justin Fields comes back. Without Justin Fields on the field and playing, it's really hard to watch these games anyway. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it. I think it went about how we both expected it to. Um, you know, the, I think the final score looked a little closer than what, you know, w- what the game really felt like. Um, but, I mean, at this point, I, I don't know why anybody would be surprised that the game ended up the way it ended up. Yeah, and, you know, the Bears, they're battling some tough injuries. Cleo Mack's not out there. Akeem Hicks isn't playing. Allen Robinson, um, you know, Roquan Smith was still dealing with the hamstring injury. But, yeah, it just it kind of went just how I expected it to go. I didn't think the Bears had really much of a chance. And if you take away those probably sloppy conditions, I think the, the Cardinals beat them probably by like 24, 27 points. is probably a lot uglier because – I mean, those conditions kind of kept the Bears somewhat in the game. Um, and, you know, on the first drive, the Cardinals had a fumbled snap, kind of pushed back, but it really didn't matter because they converted a fourth and long or fourth and two for a long touchdown. 
And then, you know, it was just overall, you know, teams, you know, the, the field was pretty bad and it didn't look like the Cardinals were going full speed and, and really executing their full offense, but they really didn't need to, because like you said, Andy Dalton threw four interceptions and one of the most mind boggling things to me from that whole game. And, and afterwards was Matt Nagy was like, Oh, I didn't expect, I, I never thought Andy Dalton would throw four touchdowns. He's thrown or four interceptions. He's thrown four interceptions in a game. I think this was his fifth time in his career. So yeah, Matt, you've, you've seen it before in the past, but I keep going back Aaron um, to Andy Dalton because Sunday totally proved that the bears really don't know what the hell they're doing because this is the same coaching staff that was prepared to go with Andy Dalton as a full-time starter, not only, you know, for a couple games this season, but if he didn't get hurt, I think Andy Dalton would have been started the majority of the season. And they really truly would have stuck with that Mahomes, Alex Smith type plan from Kansas city a few years ago. And that's very scary. It is, but I mean, I, I don't know. That's the thing is I don't know what they were expecting. Like, you know, Andy Dalton is better than Mike Glennon. Um, you know, Andy Dalton is, you know, I don't even know if he's better than Nick Foles at this point, but it's just one of those things where it's like, I don't know what they were expecting when they signed him to that deal. And it's like, they, they sign these, you know, I would say bottom, you know, bottom 12, bottom 15 quarterbacks, and they expect them to produce at a higher level than they're capable of currently doing. And it's just, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's funny because we've seen all, all season, and into the preseason and training camp and all that, we, we, we've seen the arguments from different people basically saying, you know, Andy Dalton gives him the best chance to win. And it's like, well, no, he really doesn't because the fact is, is the Bears are a bad football team. They're injured. They have no depth. They don't have very good roster talent to begin with. And then you look at the offensive side of the ball where, again, I mean, it's kind of one of those things where has the offensive line meshed a little bit more? Sure. Okay, that's fine. But at the same time, I mean, Andy Dalton was still sacked three times. He was hit nine times total. Uh, you know, it, it's just one of those situations where, you know, you have Allen Robinson who's missed the last few weeks, and hopefully they'll get him back this week. You know, you had uh, Marquise Goodwin who was also out. And, you know, you just you look at the situation as a whole, and I think it was what a lot of people expected. They just don't have the horses offensively, whether it's the offensive line, whether it's tight end, whether it's, you know, receiver, whatever it may be, they do not have the talent necessary to put whatever quarterback they have in a good position to win. So basically what you're looking at is you're looking at a veteran who at one point, Andy Dalton was a pretty good quarterback. He was probably a top 10, top 12 quarterback at one point. The thing is he's in his mid thirties. Now it's, it's been a while since he's been that quarterback and I think really what you get here is, you know, it, and that's the thing is a lot of people say, well, you're at least going to get more consistency with Andy Dalton, but it's like, well, no, not really. And I know a lot of people want to say, oh, the bears move the ball better with Andy Dalton. And it's like, yeah, because everything is different. Like, I don't know if you've noticed over the last two weeks, but Andy Dalton has thrown the ball a ton more than they've ever allowed Justin Fields to throw the ball at any point this season. Like the, the play calling is different. The philosophy is different. Everything about what the Bears do is different, and I think more than anything, I think that comes down to coaching, but I think the overall arching point that we saw over these last few weeks with Andy Dalton playing is the fact that, you know, really what it comes down to is, you know, he's just not good, and 
obviously we've seen some ups and downs from Justin Fields. We've seen probably more downs than people are comfortable with, but again, that kind of goes back to the situation. You know, he's a young quarterback making, you know, his first season full of starts and all that. But, you know, really what it comes down to is, is you want Justin Fields out there because the product in which you're going to get from each quarterback is going to be inconsistent. Maybe at, at some points, Andy Dalton gives you a better chance to win, but I think at some points, Justin Fields uh, also gives you, you know, a, a better chance to win because of how dynamic he can be. But I think really what this did was prove, and unfortunately there's only five games left. It kind of is what it is, but I think what it does is it proves that Justin Fields development and his overall experience level of getting as many games in his rookie year as possible before they make a coaching change and do whatever else they're going to do is vastly more important than throwing Andy Dalton out there and expecting to win more games. Because I think realistically, when you go and you look at how things have transpired in terms of, you know, the, the games that they've won and lost this year, objectively speaking, I don't think, and this is my personal opinion, I don't think that if Andy Dalton had started all 12 games up to this point, I don't think the record's going to be any different one way or another. I mean, I, I would assume that you would agree with that. I think every game's been pretty cut and dry for the most part. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, you know, I'm kind of glad you brought it up because Justin Fields is going to start this week. That was kind of the big news today at House Hall. He's healed from his ribs injury. And for me, you know, I've said on this podcast, you've said on this podcast, the only things important right now for this team at four and eight and virtually out of the playoff picture is the development of Justin Fields, getting a look at Tevin Jenkins, getting a look at some of these younger guys on your roster, because you're going to have some decisions this offseason. You're going to be moving on for some veterans. You know, Dane Trevathan's probably not going to be here. Akeem Hicks might not, you know, be here next season. Eddie Goldman might not be here next season. You have to evaluate and look at the talent. And I know it's easy for us to say it and for everyone else to say it because that's what we want. That's what fans want. And in, in a way, I do understand where Matt Nagy and the rest of the coaching staff is coming from where, you know, mathematically they're still in it. Yes. And math, you know, and Matt Nagy is the head coach right now. And, you know, he's trying to find or fight for his job and find a way to keep his job down the line. Now that's slim chances, but also at the same time, it could work in the Bears' favor for Ryan Pace, for Matt Nagy, if they go out there and Justin Fields plays really well and they find a, a spot for Tevin Jenkins to play. And maybe they get a look at some guys, you know, like Thomas Graham or Daz Newsome. Those are two guys. I don't understand what do you have to lose by playing those two guys, especially at positions right now where there are significant injuries. And you look at it, defensive back is just – really bad for the Bears outside of Jalen Johnson. And Artie Burns has not been good. Marquis Christian's not been good. Luke Shelley, Kendall Vilder, none of them have been good. Eddie Jackson's been good back there. Tashawn Gibson's had his moments. But what does it hurt throwing out Thomas Graham out there for a game and just seeing what he's got, or, or two games, or three games? I mean, you lose, it doesn't matter because you don't have your draft pick. And, you know, more than likely, Matt Nagy's going to be out. It's kind of the same thing with Daz Newsome. I mean, you know, Mike Fury said he was asked point blank by uh, Mark Potash when we had assistance the other day. Why is it Daz Newsome out there? Is this an opportunity for him to get out there? And he kind of had a weird answer. He's like, well, you know, he plays in the slot and you got guys like Marquis Good Marquise Goodwin and Demir Bird. Um, and, you know, and even mentioned Darnell Mooney. Well, Darnell Mooney's been playing a lot on the outside as well. Marquise Goodwin's been hurt. Demir Bird really hasn't done much for you. For you. Um, I guess Jakeem Grant has, has been okay in the slot. 
I just I don't understand what it hurts to to put these guys out there, especially you know Tevin Jenkins is already on the active roster. Jason Peters is a Hall of Famer. I get it. You know he's playing really well. But even and I'm not saying Tevin Jenkins to go out there and play every single snap of the game. What does it hurt to sub him in and out a couple snaps? Let him get his you know experience out there. Because getting experience on, on extra points is really virtually nothing for an offensive lineman. I just it, it, it's just mind boggling to me, and I hope that we get to see some of these young guys. Um, you know, th- there's other guys out there too. You know, Charles Snowden, uh, Caleb Johnson, guys like that that just you know give them a chance and let's see what they got. I'm not saying they're going to be Hall of Famers or anything, but what is the harm in evaluating the talent you have in your roster? And I think that's just something that's really bitten Ryan Pace in the ass is, is talent evaluation. And it's continuing to go on in, in this situation in a way. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, and I think this kind of goes back to putting your regime with your head coach and your general manager in a win now situation. And while I firmly believe that regardless of what happens the rest of the year, Matt Nagy's gone. I do think that the jury is still out one way or another on Ryan pace, but I think, you know, when you're talking about the product on the field and the coaching decisions being made out on the field, I think we're seeing a very, very clear line being drawn in the sand with Matt Nagy right now. I think he's fully aware that he's gone at the end of the season. And I think that he's going to go out doing things his way. And I, you know, we've seen that where, you know, you talk about Tevin Jenkins. It's like, I understand that he really hasn't done much since the off season workouts and all that stuff. And, you know, the little program that they had back in June, I, I get that. But at the same time, you know, he's on the active roster. I agree. I, I think you have to do more than just simply put him in for, you know, the, 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 basically the field goal and extra point opportunities. You have to do more to get him involved. You know, it's like, you know, looking again, the same thing with Thomas Graham. It's like you spent a, what was it? A fifth or sixth round pick. I think it was a sixth round pick on Thomas Graham. Sixth round. Yep. It's like, why is you have Duke Shelley's out? And that's, that's, that's my other thing here. Right. So you have Duke Shelley's out and, you know, Kendall Vildor has struggled on the outside. So why not try Kendall Vildor on the inside? And if you're not going to try him on the inside, why not keep him on the outside? Because Artie Burns is not your future. Uh, Xavier Crawford is not your future. At least you can evaluate. And I, I'm not saying that Kendall Vildor wasn't bad because he really was. He struggled. But at the same time, what benefit does it give you 
to trot out a bunch of veterans that will not be on the roster next year. The Bears have 26 players under contract as of right now that are going to be on the roster next year. That'll go up, you know, in the mid thirties when it's all said and done with a, you know, exclusive rights, free agents and everything else. But the point being is, is you have a guy like you pointed out with Daz Newsom, why not give him a look and see what he has? Isaiah Coulter isn't doing anything for you. It's like, you know, like you pointed out, Demir Bird hasn't done anything this season. Why not give him a shot? The same thing with Thomas Graham. You know, Duke Shelley's on IR right now. Why not bring Thomas Graham up and see what he can do? Because none of their other options in the slot and nickel have done anything for them. And, you know, it's the same thing without inside linebacker. You know, everybody wanted to hype up, you know, Alec Ogletree in the preseason or sorry, in the, in the, you know, in training camp because he had all those interceptions. Okay. Well, the reality of it is he has not been very good at all. Why not give Caleb Johnson a better look? And that's kind of the thing where, you know, even DeAndre Houston Carson, like why not give him a better look at, you know, and just give him one of the starting safety positions at this point, you know, obviously alongside Eddie Jackson, like get him more time. Those are the things that are really frustrating to me because, Again, you're in this situation where it's very clear what needs to be done. They're four and eight. They're not mathematically eliminated, but they're eliminated. Let's just be honest here. They're a bad football team. They are closer to a top five pick than they are to a playoff spot. That's just the reality of the situation. But unfortunately, because of the situation that ownership has put this team in, moving into this offseason, moving into the season, because of the decisions to keep both Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, now, Matt Nagy, which you can't blame him at this point, is going to act on his best interest because his only idea right now is if I can't save my job here, I would still like to be able to get another head coaching opportunity. So, you know, it's just one of those things where he's going to act on his best interest. That's is what it is. And that's the issue with having, you know, it, it's not technically a lame duck situation for either guy, but it might as well be at this point because they're both going to act on their best interest. They're not going to end, you know, act on their best interest of the team because they have to look out for themselves. And, you know, I'll go ahead and say it because I, I truly believe that this was going to be the case. If Andy Dalton had not injured his finger, and I think Brad Biggs had basically said that it, it sounds like it might be a fractured finger or whatever. I truly believe if Andy Dalton hadn't hurt himself last week, I think they play this out for another week or two with Justin Fields and say, oh, well, you know, he, cause that, that's the thing is, you know, cracked ribs, you know, it takes six weeks to heal. It doesn't take two weeks. So, you know, Matt Nagy comes out today and says, yeah, Justin, Justin Fields ribs are healed. And it's like, and then you ask Justin Fields and it's like, well, no, he's still got some soreness. Like, and then you start looking and it's like, they don't heal in two weeks. They heal in six weeks. It's how this works. It's, it's not, He's not, he's not Wolverine. He doesn't just magically heal out of nowhere. But I, I think really this is situationally dependent on the fact that Andy Dalton's hurt and he's probably not going to be able to play this week. And we obviously know that they're not going to trot out Nick Foles out there. But I think that Matt Nagy has gotten to a point right now where he's going to do things his way. And it will be a very interesting on another note in terms of, you know, just Matt Nagy kind of going out his own his own way is going to be this weekend, is he going to be calling plays? Because I know that they've had some headset issues, but it seemed like a very convenient excuse that he gets caught on the sidelines, you know, calling plays. And then he comes up and basically says, well, we're having headset issues. So I had to take the play calls from Bill Lazor and then, you know, radio them into, you know, on a, basically a walkie talkie. And then I had to radio those into uh, Justin Fields headset to me, that just doesn't seem very logical. And it doesn't really seem like something that would happen. Um, but it's going to be interesting to kind of see the rest of the way out, how things go. Because again, 
you know, you, you have a situation where these guys are not going to be acting in the best interest of the team if they feel like they're going to be gone at the end of the season. And I think that's exactly where we're at. And it's very unfortunate because the Bears should be trying to figure out what they have on the rest of the roster. Because again, they have 26 guys under contract as of right now, moving into 2022. And there's going to be a lot to figure out this offseason. And you might as well get a head start. But unfortunately, they can't because there's a very good chance that Matt Nagy and maybe Ryan Pace won't be here. Yeah, it's frustrating, and, and every other team does it. They, all, they, they look at what they have on the roster, and they evaluate the talent, and that's just kind of been you know the bugaboo for Ryan Pace. He has not been able to evaluate talent consistently you know, to, to save his job. Otherwise, the Bears would be in a lot better of a position right now. It's going to be interesting to see, and you're right, man, the headset issue, that's just it's so odd because now it's the second straight game where they've had headset issues at home at soldier field. And yeah, I don't know, man, this team, they're just very, very frustrating. They're frustrating to cover at times because I, you know, you feel like they just don't give you the exact answer or the truth as to what's going on. And, and, and you're right. Matt Nagy wants to do it his way. That's kind of part of the stubbornness that he's shown his entire career here in Chicago. And it's, it's going to backfire on him again. And he's going to be gone. I'd be shocked if he returned this year or next year at all um, as head coach of this team. And, you know, the, the jury's still on Ryan Pace. I agree with that. I would actually not be shocked if Ryan Pace was back. I don't think you'd be shocked either. Um, it's just it's going to be a little, little interesting to see here down the stretch. Um, as far as the rest of the show, Aaron, though, we should probably get into our interview um, right now to kind of preview Sunday night's game in Green Bay. We had Zachary Jacobson on of PackerReport.com, also part of 24-7 Sports. Some good insight on this upcoming matchup, which, you know, could get a little ugly on the Bears' side. They have not been on the right side of this rivalry for the past, you know, 20 years. Um, And it could get ugly here on Sunday night. But let's get into the interview with Zach, and then we'll be right back to kind of wrap things up after this. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And now joining us here on the Bear Report podcast is Zachary Jacobson. He's a staff writer at Packer Report of 24-7 Sports and also hosts the Open Book Show on Game On Wisconsin. He's joining us to give us some insight on the Green Bay Packers and the upcoming matchup with the Chicago Bears here on Sunday Night Football. Zach, thanks so much for joining us, man. No, of course. And like I said before the show, I, I appreciate you guys bringing me on here. You know, rivalry aside. <laughs> right? Anytime, anytime. Um, so, yeah, let's kind of get right into it. You know, the Packers are obviously trending up. The Bears are kind of trending down. And Green Bay's coming off their bye week. 
um, looking to get a little healthier, especially you know, Aaron Rodgers and um, Jair Alexander is not going to play, but he's been practicing. What is kind of the state of the Packers right now coming into this matchup? I think right now they're just they're they're kind of riding that high, you know, of beating the Rams, the same team they beat in January in the playoffs, and you know they did it in a spectacular fashion. You know, at one point they had a, a, a I believe it was a 19 point lead. I mean, they were having their way with pretty much everything in that game, and you know that's like the perfect way to kind of sign off and go into your bye week, get that opportunity to get healthy, and you're looking ahead, kind of like you know looking on the horizon, the expectation, the belief, and the hope is that they're going to get Jair Alexander back at corner. They're going to have Zadarius Smith back in the fold, coming off the edge as well. They're still waiting for David Bakhtiari to make his way back. He was designated to return off of injured reserve uh, and added back to the 53-man roster over a month ago, I believe. I believe it was a month ago, early November. Um, And they're also... um, well, they lost Elton Jenkins, but they're also hoping Josh Myers, their their rookie center, is able to come back before the season ends. So there's like there's a lot of optimism right now, and I mean they're sitting at nine and three, so it's hard not to be optimistic. But the like I said, the belief is that they're only going to add to this squad, and I mean you get three all, all all pros back before the end of the season. I mean that's that's unprecedented. Well, and I think one of the big things, you know, kind of you know, kind of rewinding back a little bit towards the beginning of the season you know, we, we did our preview and, you know, we kind of talked about it. And I, and I think for the most part, everybody, you know, that covers a league that pays attention to the NFL all pretty much agreed, like the Packers should absolutely run away with the division. And that's exactly what they're in the process of doing. I mean, they have a chance to be the first team out of any team in the NFL to be able to, you know, go ahead and just clench a division, which is just absolutely pathetic for the rest of the NFC North. But I, the, the one big thing that has really surprised me this year has been their defense. And you talked about it. I mean, they have injuries. It's, it's not like everybody's been completely healthy. They're missing their top corner. They're missing their top edge rusher. How have they had such a big turnaround from the last few years of this year? It can't just be the defensive coordinator at this point, right? I mean, what is, what has gone right for them this season? And, I don't know, man. It just seems to me like if their defense is clicking, then they've they've got a real chance to actually, you know, go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. I think that's kind of been the missing piece for them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you see, you've seen in the past, it's always been the offense, the offense, the offense. And uh, I think the lone anomaly of a year was 2015 when the offense kind of fell apart without Jordy Nelson and that defense was keeping them in the game. That they, they lost that that overtime game in, in Arizona. But this is finally, it feels like that year where yeah, everything's kind of coming together. I mean, these guys have bought into what uh, uh, Joe Barry has been preaching to them, you know, and they're, he's getting certain guys to do what they're good at. Like, for example, Preston Smith isn't dropping into coverage anymore, which is something he did a lot under Mike Pettin in previous years. He's now just going straight, pinning his ears back, and he's going straight after, uh, straight after the quarterback. And it also helps, too, having a competent middle linebacker as your starter. They're not relying on Chris Barnes, this undrafted rookie free agent. He's getting a healthy amount of snaps, but it's Devondre Campbell running that show at the second level. He's wearing the communications helmet. And I think that's another thing too. The the communication has been so much clearer. You know, he's, he's relaying everything to these other 10 guys and everybody's on the same page and he's doing such a phenomenal job of that. I mean, what he's doing physically, the tackles and the couple of interceptions, the forced fumbles. I mean, yeah, that's great. But he's also playing this this quiet role as that main communicator on defense, and everybody's on the same page. And yeah, it doesn't go 
it does, it isn't as clear cut as like, oh, they hired the new defensive coordinator. Joe Barry is just turning everybody around. It's also these guys doing what they're good at, like I said. And Russell Douglas has been just a, an, an incredible pickup off of the Cardinals practice squad. Uh, I mentioned Campbell. I mean, in spite of the injuries, they're hanging tough as, as a unit and they're staying competitive. And that's just, that's the crazy thing. They're finding ways to win, not just on offense, but on defense as well. Yeah, and this week, you know, they get a Bears offense that is uh, not very good, um, especially in the past game. But, you know, the last couple of meetings between the Bears and Packers, I thought the Bears have been able to run the ball relatively well and then doing it with David Montgomery and then Khalil Herbert as well um, this last game they played. For the Bears, you know, perspective, how should they attack this um, Packers defense? Because looking at it, you know, Aaron and I look at this, it feels like Matt Nagy calls a different game for Andy Dalton than he does Justin Fields. He's, you know, he lets Andy Dalton kind of do whatever he wants and, and it doesn't really work out but with Justin Fields. It kind of feels like the handcuffs are still on. There's the, the play calling is kind of, ah, uh, there's not putting your rookie in a position to succeed. How do you think Chicago should kind of attack um, Green Bay's defense to find success? I go back to that Cardinals game a few weeks ago where the Packers went into Arizona on Thursday night they did a great job of limiting Kyler Murray because he, you know, he's obviously a great thrower of the football, but he's also a guy that can take off and run and just gas your defense. You know, I went into that game expecting a full Colin Kaepernick performance from 2012. Like I was expecting that from Kyler Murray, but they did a great job of limiting him. I don't know if they can repeat that success. I mean, they, they held Justin Fields in check for the most part in this first meeting back in October, but that if, if Matt Nagy, I mean, as you mentioned, he's wearing he's he has the handcuffs around Justin Fields, but if he just lets him play kind of just not to his strengths, but just freely, you know, he lets him just kind of roll with the flow of the offense and, you know, do some of the off script things that he's, you know, that he's good at, that he was so great at Ohio state at. I, I hated that the bears drafted Justin Fields because I knew he was going to be good. And I knew eventually, maybe not right now, but eventually he's going to be a problem in this division. He could be a problem for the Packers on Sunday night. I mean, if he, He'll make he'll make the easy throws. He'll make the throws that that you know they need him to make. But he's a guy that can extend plays with his legs. And I think when he extends plays, it's going to be tough for these corners. I mean, as good as they are, as good as Russell Douglas has been, as good as Eric Stokes has been as a rookie right out of the gate, they can't hang with these receivers downfield for eight nine seconds. You know, if Justin Fields gets out of the pocket, and he's able to extend these plays, then that that will be a problem. That is that. I don't think you should just necessarily go into the game with that plan, expecting them to attack this defense. But if it happens for the Bears, it might not be the worst thing because that that could really kind of decimate the Packers' game plan defensively. And kind of flipping over to the other side, you know, offensively, one of the things that I've noticed with the Packers' offense that has been pretty incredible because most teams it's like you suffer a few key injuries on the offensive line everything falls apart and then you look at the Packers and it's like obviously Aaron Rodgers is getting the ball up pretty quick you know I mean the Packers offense has been fantastic this year but you and you've already mentioned some of the injuries I mean Josh Myers is out right now David Bakhtiari hasn't you know hasn't hasn't played a snap this season and then Elton Jenkins the same thing where he just you know he, he got hurt what was that his torn ACL a few weeks back yep and yet I'm looking at the, some of the guys on their offensive line and they got to do starting at left tackle right now. I don't even know. I can't even pronounce the guy's name. How have they, how have they found a way to really kind of figure out this offensive line and who's been the X factor on the offensive line so far? 
That X factor on the offensive line is no question in my mind. It's Billy Turner at right tackle. I mean, he has the versatility to play guard. He can, you know, fill, fill in that void in the interior and he can also stick to right tackle where he's been all, all season. And the crazy thing is, I mean, he's kind of like the forgotten guy in that room because everyone's kind of fixated on, oh, Josh Myers, the center, the rookie center, or there's Royce Newman, the rookie guard at, at right guard. And then there's John Runyon, the second year. Now he's a starter at, at left guard. Now Lucas Patrick is filling in at center for Myers. And Elton Jenkins has been in and out of left tackle. And Yash Nyman, who uh, you, you alluded to, uh, he's filling in at left tackle, protecting Aaron Rodgers' blind side. You haven't heard a peep about Billy Turner and how well he has been. He has played so damn well at right tackle and he doesn't really get the ne- the necessary recognition that he deserves. That guy's the X factor. I mean, it helps. It, it helps so much. Obviously, you know, when you have a little bit of a deficiency at left tackle at your blind side, it helps so much as a quarterback when you have solid protection in front of you and, you know, in, in your peripheral, that's like one less thing that you have to worry about. And Billy Turner, he has just been, he's been a bookend. He's been incredible, but you know, this also serves as like a testament to just how deep that room is. It's a testament to the coaching of Adam Stenovich and Luke Butkus. You know, it's just that room is so rich with depth, versatile guys that can play a variety of different positions. And like I said, the coaching has just been phenomenal, uh, phenomenal. And they've had plans every single week on how to neutralize certain players. I mean, Aaron Donald was like, I don't want to say he didn't affect the game at all, but he was kind of quiet you didn't hear much about Aaron Donald against the Rams and they've done this every single week you know it was a little bit of a rocky start to begin the season I mean Aaron Rodgers was getting hit he wasn't getting rid of the ball uh pressure was right in his face that that interior pressure that just completely ruins whatever they're doing offensively uh it was a rough start to the season but I mean they've gelled ever since then the last few weeks and I mean Aaron Rodgers pretty much been untouched yeah, and Aaron Rodgers not getting any pressure is a nightmare for defenses because mm-hmm. he is really damn good even you know against blitzes when, when he can sit back there and have time as well. Talk to us about this run game, though. Um, Aaron Jones been kind of banged up a little bit but did return before the bye. But A.J. Dillon is a guy who I think a lot of people wrote off when the Packers picked him in the draft a couple of years ago. But from what I've seen so far, he, I mean, he's been fantastic this year. Yeah, I think. I'm not totally sure, but I know I know Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, they each have over 800 scrimmage yards uh, in Dallas. But Aaron Jones and, and A.J. Dillon, I think they're, they're one of the only tandems that have over 800 scrimmage yards. Aaron Jones is at 864, and Dillon is at 802. And, I mean, we knew that there were going to be snaps available to him with, when Jamal Williams went to Detroit in free agency back in the spring. So he was just getting bumped up into that number two running back role, you know, kind of like, a a de facto kind of situation. Like it was going to happen no matter what. And he is not disappointed. And now is the time of the year where you pound him. Like opposing defenses do not want to tackle this guy in the cold. You know, when he's been running 20 times a game straight up the gut and he's just been clobbering guys, lowering his shoulders and, you know, embracing contact. That's the last thing, you know, guys want, guys want to see uh, down, down there. So yeah, they've, they've both been phenomenal. And I think the Packers have a little bit of a different punch with with each of them. I mean, Aaron Jones, he's like he's your 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 gasher. You're kind of like you know shifty. He can run between the tackles. He can kick it outside. And AJ Dillon is just kind of like your your thunder. You know, I know that whole thunder and lightning kind of you know phrase is like totally overused, but I mean that's pretty much what they are. 
Oh, if you've ever seen, you know, for Bears fans, if you've ever seen A.J. Dillon's legs, I mean, his legs are thicker than most people's torsos. I mean, the dude is just built like a mutant. It's crazy. Like, I mean, he he was one of those guys coming out of Boston College where I think the bigger question for him was, you know, can he be, you know, a, a solid receiver out of the backfield? And mm-hmm. I mean, he's, dude, he's really stepped up. So my last question for you, and it's kind of more of a zoom out because, you know, as Bears fans, we're always conditioned to look towards the future because the present's never really that great. So <laughs> with on. that being said, <laughs> it's kind of a two-pronged question here. First, uh, your overall thoughts. And again, it's one start. I even tweeted about this before, you know, you never want to make too much judgments off of one start. But what were your overall thoughts on Jordan Love's first start a few weeks back? And then two, how do you see things playing out this offseason, not just with Aaron Rodgers as a whole? I mean, their cap situation is going to be interesting. Devontae Adams is slated to be a free agent. They've got a lot of tough decisions to make. So I'm just kind of curious, you know, from a zoom-out perspective, what do you think is going to go on with the Packers, including with Jordan Love, and how confident are you with him moving forward? You know, I said it before that game. I mean, he could have gone – and this wasn't me covering my ass either at the time. I said that he could go out there and throw five touchdowns over 400 yards. He can just completely go off or he can just play absolutely terribly. And either way, it wouldn't really mean much because it is just, it's that one start. It's the first time that they're getting the chance to really evaluate him in a live game setting. He came, he came toward, he came in towards the end of the, that, that blowout loss at the beginning of the season against the saints. But I mean, you know, defenses don't prepare for him. I mean, I think he only attempted three passes. You know, it's really nothing. But this was the first time in a, in a competitive, legitimate setting, regular season, that, you know, the Packers have had a chance to evaluate love. And he didn't really demonstrate the kind of guy that you want kind of leading your franchise as the franchise quarterback, you know, at least not yet. You know, he did some of the things you expect him to do. He made some, you know, he made some pretty nice throws, but he was also very skittish in the pocket. And uh, in, in his defense, the offensive line play, played probably their worst game of the season. And I mean, asking a rookie, a, a young quarterback like this in his second year, never played in a regular season game to come in and make that first start kind of on, on a short week as well, because I believe he found out on Wednesday or Thursday, once Aaron Rodgers got COVID, uh, he found out he was going to get the start. And then in Kansas City, of all places at Arrowhead stadium. That is like the worst possible situation for a guy like that to, to step into. But I thought he handled himself admirably. I thought he, he played relatively well to an extent and it, that game provided a solid kind of foundation to, to, to build from. That's really all it was. It's a, it's a stepping stone in the grand scheme of things where now they have actual tape to evaluate him and kind of, you know, sculpt him into the quarterback. They want him to be, you know, work on his weaknesses, hone in on his strengths and make them better. Now, for the second part of your question, I have no goddamn idea because they are so they are they are going to be what's the, what's the actual number? I think it's like it's thirty or forty something million dollars over the cap, and it's it's tough. I mean, they're they're going to have some really pressing decisions to make with Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. I mean, Devondre Campbell. You don't want to let him walk out the door. I mean, you you signed him in the middle of mini camp in June, and all of a sudden he's like the the heart of your defense. I mean, you don't want to lose that guy especially now when you haven't, you haven't had a competent middle linebacker in a very long time. Uh, they got it. You know, I, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend like I know how the salary cap works. Like a lot of people do on Twitter and you know, it's like, Oh, they got to do this. They got to do that. And they got to cut these guys to, to, to free up this amount of room. I know those guys in the front offices. I know Russ ball, for example, 
he has his ways of maneuvering around the cap and kind of kicking the can a little further down, down into the future. But the problem is they did that last year. They kicked the can into the future to this spring. So it is all going to catch up to them. And I just, I don't know how they're going to navigate it this time without really gutting their roster. And all I'm, all I'm going to say to close that out is if the Broncos come waltzing by with some kind of offer for Aaron Rodgers, where I'd say, I don't know, Patrick Sertain and Jerry Judy, and maybe like a couple first round picks or something. I personally would not say no to that. That's, that's all I'm going to say about that. I'll say this. A lot of Bears fans are hoping this is the last time um, they have to see Aaron Rodgers because he's just tormented them his entire career. And it's, it's an interesting storyline to kind of follow this offseason. Going mm-hmm. this year, I thought for sure, you know, this is it for Favre, or not Favre, I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers. Um, he's done after this year in Green Bay. The more it goes on, the more I see him having fun out there. I'm like, this guy's playing for another five to six years in Green Bay, and it's just going to be hell all over again. <laughs> Exactly. And it's like, you, you see, you see how much fun he's having. You see the things he says about his coaches and how the communication is improving with the front office and you know, this and that. And then it's like, you think, how the hell are they going to let that guy walk out the door? You know, I don't, I don't know how they're going to, how they're going to pull it off. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I, I don't see how you let him leave anyway. Um, you know, like you said, Jordan love, I mean, it was a quick start in Kansas city. Um, he didn't look great, but you know, a lot of quarterbacks don't look great. The first couple you know, starts or first couple appearances in the game. But my last um, question for you is um, make a prediction for this game and maybe give us an X factor on how you see it kind of shaking out. Ooh. All right. I think you don't have to hold back. Don't worry. <laughs> nobody, nobody will be upset with you. <laughs> I don't yeah, want to cause no you one. <laughs> you're already in. <laughs> Ah oh, man, I think uh, I think actually Justin Fields has a, has a surprisingly good game, and I'm not just saying this to butter you guys up. I, I you know I'm I'm a big fan of Justin Fields, which like I mentioned earlier, I hated that the Bears got him, but he's going to be a great quarterback someday. Hopefully, that's not in the near future. Uh, but he's gonna he's gonna make some 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 really nice plays Sunday night on a primetime stage. So I had the Packers winning since I'm just coming up with a score off the top of my head right now. I'll do uh 30, I'll do 31 17. I think the Bears put up 17, but yeah, and they're also going to lean on that running game with David Montgomery, which, like you said, he had a he had a great game last week. Um X Factor, it's going to be that offensive line. Because I mean, this the numbers show this entire season. You keep Aaron Rodgers upright, he's gonna he's gonna gash you. He's gonna find eventually things are gonna open up downfield. And the way this offense operates is these routes need time to develop downfield. They're longer developing routes and Aaron Rodgers needs to stay protected for the duration of those routes so he can find them and they can get those, those explosive plays that they always look for. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my prediction for the game and a whole offensive line. That's my X factor. Awesome. Good stuff, Zach. We really appreciate you joining us. Um, anything you want to plug, work everyone, follow you on Twitter, read your work, um, listen or watch you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter. Um, it's Zachariah J is my handle. Um, and you can find me at packerreport.com and I believe that's it. Awesome. Good stuff, man. We really appreciate you joining us. Of course, man. Have a good one guys. You ready? Showtime on May 3rd. Summer starts with the fall guy. We do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And welcome back in Bears fans. That was our interview with Zachary Jacobson of the Packer Report. Some good stuff on the game, upcoming game with the Packers and the Packers' future and the outlook, potentially without Aaron Rodgers. We hope you enjoyed that interview. Um, but it's time to wrap things up here with Aaron and I's predictions and X Factor on the game. And Aaron, I think we're going to kind of go with the same stuff here. Um, I think we're both going to predict the Bears to lose. Um, I'll let you go first with your prediction, your X Factor. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, um, I'm actually, and we've tried staying away from, you know, just trashing Matt Nagy and everything like that this week. I think this is going to be a bloodbath, man. I really do. I think this, this is the type of game, at least in my opinion, that if there was ever a reason to fire a coach in season, this might be the game, right? I'm glad Justin Fields is back, but I just don't see this thing going very well. I think I'm going to project, or I'm going to predict, I'm going to say 34, I'll say 34 to 17. So I guess it's not really that much different from what Zachary had said, but yeah, man, I just, I don't know. I just, I don't, it's hard to have a good feeling about the game. I think the X factor, uh, I think it's got to be the run game because for as excited as I am for Justin Fields to come back, I mean, dude, they've got to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. They've got to be able to control the ball and they've got to be able to score points but they've got to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. And it's going to be very interesting because as we got the first injury report, we're, you know, recording this on a Wednesday, we got the first injury report and David Montgomery missed it, uh, missed practice with, you know, a, a multitude of different injuries. So that kind of muddies the waters a little bit more. And, you know, obviously uh, if, if Khalil Herbert's a guy, we've seen what he can do, um, but it's still, man, that's just, it's a tough ask because as we noted, man, this, this Packers defense is a hell of a lot better than it's been in a long, long time. And they are doing it without a lot of their key players right now, which is kind of scary to think about. Hopefully uh, Jaria Alexander will not be back this week. That would be ideal, but yeah, I think it's gotta be the run game in order for the bears to be able to control the clock and try to stick in it. Yeah. I'm with you, man. Um, I don't think it's going to be close. I'm going to go green Bay 33, Chicago 17, um, I just, yeah, it's hard, man. Cause like, it's just, I, I can't find many scenarios where the bears win this game. The only thing I can see, and I, I hope it doesn't happen is if there's an injury to Aaron Rodgers or something like that. It's, it's tough because it, it could get ugly on Sunday night and we're used to it. We've seen these games before. Usually at home, the bears kind of keep it close to green Bay and then Rogers puts a dagger in them. And then on the road in green Bay, it's usually a blowout or the Packers, you know, take control in the second half and it's pretty much game over for my X factor. I think the bears are going to need to play a flawless game on defense. And I'm talking nothing like you, you no mistakes, their best game of the year, like go back to 2018 levels, which I don't see happening and get a, you know, a touchdown or two and multiple takeaways for this defense. Last week, zero takeaways. I got one sack. Robert Quinn was credited with the sack today. Um, and they really didn't get pressure on Kyler Murray at all. This game, they got to find a way to get a score on special teams, a score on defense, um, get pressure on Aaron Rodgers, and then stop the run game, force Green Bay into some tough situations, and then hope Justin Fields plays really well in the offense, could put up over 30 points. I don't see the Bears winning this game unless – you know, they can score 30 points and, and really, you know, limit Green Bay. And that's just not going to happen. So, like I said, I think 
you know, we're pretty much on the same page with that. Yeah, we are. It's just, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's kind of like last oh, week, right? Like we, we just, we, we know, we know how it's going to go. Like, it's just that, it's just that simple, man. I, re, I it really, I mean, Justin Fields is playing, thank God for that. Um, and if things get ugly enough, I, I think that we'll at least be refreshing our phones and checking Twitter constantly to see if, you know, something crazy happens on Monday. Yeah, and with the history of Chicago, the franchise, dude, I, I don't think it's going to happen. It's going to be a national, another national embarrassment. I don't think they'll move on. Like, I... I think Nagy's done at the end of the year. I just, you know, I don't see them moving on after this game. Hopefully, I mean, you know, I might be wrong, but we'll see. Um, Aaron, well, let's wrap things up. Where can everyone follow you on Twitter and read your work at? Yep, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL. You can read my work on thebearreport.com. And you can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at Just Bear Report. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. Um, you can read my work on the Bear Report as well. And please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. Until next week, everyone, please stay safe. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual. Because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal.